What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. It's David and Isaac. Our draft coverage got a little bit derailed last night. It didn't get derailed. We had completely planned on bringing you four prospects along with Mikey Weisenberg last night. And the show with Mikey just kind of kept flowing. We went about an hour. I'm like, man, I'm not going to try and squeeze four prospects in there because that would be like a two-hour episode. So we're splitting it up. We're back with six more prospects tonight. I don't even know. Isaac, do you know what our number's up to? We got to be getting close to 50 by now, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I mean, time is winding down, man. We might not be able to get in. I would love love to do the top 70. I think last year we probably did uh, 70 prospects. I think we'll be close. We'll probably get uh, into the 60s. But, man, it's been fun. Again, man, I, I love breaking down film. Uh, watching these prospects, and a lot of times we play this surprise. Uh, we have a couple guys tonight that I hadn't done a lot of research on. I'm a college basketball guy, but some of these games, you're talking about guys at Toledo in, in the MAC and stuff. And you, most people are not seeing a lot of these games, and I think some of these kids fall through the cracks. I think uh, some some sleeper uh, is the guys that I really like that we're going to talk about tonight. But uh, yeah, man, let's let's get into these prospects. All right, man. So who do you do you, you want to go first, or you want to start with one of my guys? Uh, but I'll go first, and I'll, I'll jump in with uh, my guy that I really like in Kristen Braun, uh, 6'7", 209, junior shooting guard out of Kansas, uh, 21 years old. Man, you look at uh, his numbers, 14 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.8 assists, a steal, close to a block a game, uh, shot 49.5% from the field overall, uh, 38.6 from three. Uh, that's 1.3 makes it on 3.3 tips per game, 51 of 132 overall, well, 73.3% from the free throw line, man. This, I love this kid. Uh, I see him projected in the second round in some mocks, and I'm like scratching my head, not understanding why. But first thing that stands out on tape for him is he's big time athlete, man. Big time bounce, uh, high energy, high high motor, man. Really, really fun to watch. Uh, whoever gets this team, man, you're gonna have a, a really entertaining player on your line on, on your hands, man, because he's really, really fun to watch. Uh, loves to get out in transition. Average five point points per game in the open floor. Uh, gets a lot of his offense uh, at the rim off of backdoor cuts and finishes through contact really well uh, gets to the free throw line. Uh, defensively, I wrote down Tess, uh, one of those guys you hate to go up against um, as he relentlessly, he's relentless as a defender. Um, over two stocks per game, um, doesn't, doesn't give you any breathing room um, as a defender. He's one of those guys that just doesn't give up. I always talk about guys like that. Dylan Brooks is a guy like that, man, just gets in front of you and, and just doesn't give up. Uh, closes out on shooters really well. Uh, does a good job of running guys off the three-point line on the perimeter. Doesn't get a fool a lot on pump fakes. Uh, always seems to be on balance and grounded. Uh, doesn't doesn't get caught leaning on defense hardly ever, man. Shows really, really good patience um, in, in on-ball defense. Doesn't necessarily take a lot of chances that they get you beat. I mean, he's just really, really solid on the end of the floor. Great defensive in- instincts. Um, he's also able to stay with quicker guards uh, when they try to get around him. Uh, defense without fouling, uh, walls up really well on, on when guys try to drive to the rim on him. I mean, he's just really, really good defender. Um, and, and I've seen uh, some of him playing for Kansas, obviously, uh, the national champions, but he's a much better defender than I even thought. Like, I knew he was pretty good, uh, and, but I think my thoughts going in was kind of what he did on the offensive end. But I, I love I love him as a defender as well, man. I mean, good, just off the charts, three and D potential. Um, and you talk about offensively, man, really smooth form and release on his shot. It's almost picture perfect uh, the, the way he shoots the basketball. 
I mean, that's deep, deep range on that three-point shot, man. When you enter the gym, that's kind of where his range starts. Uh, does a really good job of getting to his spots and running to the corners uh, for the pass. Uh, when guys close out on him, he has a, enough athleticism to, to attack those closeouts and get to the rim um, and really, really finishes well at the rim, has an array of moves and pump fakes to kind of evade the defenders in the lane. Uh, there's also some playmaking upside. Uh, had nine games with five-plus assists. Um, he throws the lob pass. Uh, I mean, his hits cutters on the money uh, when, when guys cut to the basket. I mean, this is a, a guy that can pretty much do it all. Uh, I mean, three-level score. I mean, he just does does it on both ends of the floor. I, mean, I think if you look at some of the things that he needs to improve on, self-creation is not a big sprint of his. He only made 12 pull-up jumpers uh, last season. Um, and, and also, um, I, mean, he, he's, I mean, he's a guy that, like I said, there's not, not a lot there's a lot of self-creation. I think that's his biggest issue. Uh, but I think that's something that you can work on. Uh, we, we saw Desmond Bain kind of talk about that coming out of year one, that he wanted to be a guy that created more for himself. And we saw more of that in year two. And I think Braun has the skills to, to be more of a self-creator uh, because, I mean, he's a, he has the definite athleticism and, and, and the first step to kind of do that. So I think that's something that he can improve on as his time goes on in the NBA, man. But he's a, a guy that I really like. And you look at those two picks at 22 and 29, if the Grizzlies stay there, man, I, he's both moved close to the top of my list. I've talked about guys like Jalen Williams, uh, uh, Jaden Hardy, uh, and, and Wendell Moore. I think he moves right in there to that top tier of, and did I say Nikola Jovic? Nikola Jovic, he moves right into that, that tier with those guys. Out at the top of my list for guys I like there at 22 and 29 for the Grizzlies. Yeah, he doesn't have a ton of holes in his offensive game. You know, the the, uh, the creating for himself, it, it's a little bit weird that, that he is. can't do it because, you know, he, he shows – when teams attack him on a closeout, if they're overly aggressive on a closeout, he can, Man, he put, can put the ball on the floor by, yeah. and get to the rim. But for whatever reason, even he's a quick lateral move, mover. Yeah, his handle's pretty it. good. But he just he he's that that's one area where he's kind of weak in. And as good of a passer as he is, he's not a great pick and roll guy. He's not a guy that can initiate out of the pick and roll. And I think that you know like. Those two things are not areas where that can't be fixed. Like you know, if yeah. he was if he was not a guy, if he was not a vertical athlete, you you couldn't change that, right? Like you can work, you can get a little bit stronger, you can get a little more explosive, but a lot of times that type of like the elite explosiveness, you either have it or you don't. You're you not don't, ever really yeah. going to develop into that. And the things you get a little, has, you get a little bit better, but you can get a little yeah. bit better, but. But pretty much when it comes to athleticism, you pretty much are what you are. Like yeah. you, if you don't have the speed of that first step, that that's you're probably just not gonna have it. And, and and that's the thing, like you said, I mean, you brought up a great point. It's weird because he's a big time athlete, has first steps, has all these mm -hmm. tools, but when it just comes to those two things, man, it's just weird that he doesn't do it. But that's why I think once he gets into with NBA coaching, I think those are definitely a couple things that he can improve on, man. But outside of that, he really doesn't have a lot of holes in his game. Yeah, he, he shot the ball well on catch and shoot looks, forty-one percent. Uh, you know, so that that's a promising stat. You like to see that. Um, you know, I, I think as he he adds muscles, his his defensive versatility is going to kind of expand there as he gets stronger. You know, he he's not a, a big wingspan guy. His wingspan is what his height is, and, and I know that Desmond Bain got a lot of flack because he was a negative wingspan guy, and they let him fall. 
And and it seems like Christian Braun is kind of one of those guys that maybe you should see further up on the board, but for whatever reason, yeah. he's just not. And, and that's, you know, when you mentioned you wanted to cover him, I, I knew that, you know, we're trying to run through all of the prospects. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I'll go in and, and I'll watch film and, and see, you know, I, I watched some Kansas games this year, but the I the, this is one of, of a couple guys that we're going to talk about tonight that I was kind of pleasantly surprised the more film that I watched on him, the, the, the more I grow, like the more I like him, the more I like what I see. Yeah, and another thing about him that I, that I forgot to mention is, man, he plays with swagger. Um, I think he would fit really well on his Grizzlies team. Like he's one of those guys that takes pride in playing defense, man. He's talking, he's up in, up in guys' faces. He's one of those type of guys, man, and you love – have, he has some dog in him. That's what I want to say. That yeah, and, and it's yeah. weird because you you look at that board and you in most mocks that you see, Jake Laravia is a guy that I really like uh, out, out of Wake Forest. But for some reason, in most mocks you see Laravia ahead of Braun, and I think they're they're two kind of guys you could compare a little bit. And I don't understand why Laravia would be ahead of him. Like I I doesn't really make any sense to me because I like I said I like both guys, but I think Kristen Braun brings more to the table overall because Laravia doesn't have that athleticism that Braun has. Um, and I, I just, I, it's kind of weird to me that, and we talk about that all the time. Like you watch some of these guys and you kind of scratch your head. Like why are certain guys projected where they are, especially when he's Braun's playing for Kansas national championship team. You think he have more accolades. I just thought, thought that was kind of weird. Cause I think those are two guys you can kind of compare a little bit. Um, and, and, and for some reason, Jake is in most box ahead of him. I, I think, Tankathon has Braun like in the second round right now. And you get him in the thirties, man, that's an absolute steal in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like there, there's a lot of weight whenever they are determining where they're going to rank these guys. There's a lot of weight that's thrown into the size and length. And I know to a certain extent that's going to make a difference, but the, there are guys that, that don't have that, that still do very well in this league. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I tend to kind of agree with your point that I think that he should at least be right there. And a lot of times you see a pretty significant separation be- between those two, honestly. And that's uh, – it, it's wild to me. It definitely shouldn't be there. Yeah. Uh, but, like, again, man, Braun is a guy that, that I, I really like, man. And I would think just kind of the way he plays and, and the swagger that he plays with, I, I would definitely think he would be someone – uh, the type of guy that the Grizzlies would would have interest in, because uh, I think he would fit in well. Uh, again, we talk about the Grizzlies as a team that doesn't really need rookies to, to kind of step in and play. And that's going to be interesting because if you take some of these guys, I think they're not a, a, a bunch of guys in this draft that I think are guys that are really, really ready to step in. But I think Braun could be one of those guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Grizzlies play that because are they they going to just go strictly on upside or are they going to take the best player available, uh, no matter what, even though they don't have room for him. Like, we love this guy. We like his talent, even though he might be a guy that on another team could step in and play right away. We're going to take him anyway because we just feel like he's a really good player. Uh, so that's, that's what makes this draft so intriguing for the Grizzlies because you just don't know how they're going to approach it. There's so many different ways and angles they could play it as far as type of players they're going to take, if they're going to trade up or trade out or trade for future assets. There's a lot of different ways they can go with this. Yeah, as we get closer to the draft, I, you know, I, I've been pretty heavy on the side of I don't feel like they're going to make all three of those picks. And then you look at the roster and the, the spots that could possibly be available. 
it's not you, you know they do have the spots they could draft they could execute all three picks it's I think that the best way to kind of classify this draft you know you you said it last night I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of saying oh this is a bad draft or this yeah. is a weak draft I just don't like that because the truth is you really don't know like guys can be projected really high and then flop you know you you never know what's going to happen with that but there's a lot of guys that I feel like could be good if not elite role players they may not come in and be superstar players but they could be elite role players on a competitive team and they're kind of spread out you know like from from that 20 to 40 range especially there's a number of guys that you can see there's some players in there yeah, yeah. That, that can kind of go anywhere. And, you know, Braun being one of them. And the next guy that we're going to move on to is a guy that, that I've grown to like. And, and I put out my uh, my top ten guys that I would like to see in a Grizz uniform. And, and it was a wide range based off of projections. But, you know, some of the guys would be the first-round pick and some of the guys that I put in there would fall into that pick at 47 but Jabari Walker out of Colorado is, is a guy that I really like, and that's the next prospect we're going to talk about. Uh, six foot nine wing with a near seven foot wingspan. I think uh, at the combine he was like six ten and three quarters or something of that nature. Um, but I, I, he he is different from Braun in the fact that his offensive game is not close. Yeah, but defensively, I feel like Walker could be. A, a specialist, a guy that just goes out there. Um, Robert Covington kind of comes to mind. A, a guy that can, you yeah, know, I, I can Walker's see that. Walker's not a, uh, he's not a great shooter, but I, I think that he can develop that shot. But I, I think that he could be an elite defender in this league. And I think day one, he can come in and be a good defender, a good wing defender because of that size. He moves his feet well. He's a great point of attack defender. I think. Good point of attack defenders are few and far between. I don't think there's many elite uh, point of attack defenders in the league. And so getting somebody, you know, outside of Dylan Brooks that is able to do that would be huge. Um, because of his size and length, he's going to be able to guard multiple positions. There was there was one instance when I was watching film on him. Colorado was playing Tennessee. He got switched on to Kennedy Chandler. And I'm like, dude, this is about to be barbecue chicken. It's done. <laughs> and, and Jabari stayed in front of him. Kennedy Chandler is fast as crap, man. Yeah. And Jabari guys in draft. moved his feet, and uh, Chandler ended up missing a shot trying to shoot it over Jabari. And I'm like, all right, I'm sold. <laughs> like, go get this kid. And that's, you know, if they do end up executing all three picks – Jabari is a guy that, that is projected late in that second round. You know, like I've seen him kind of as early in the late 30s and then as far down as in the in the 50s. So, you know, this is a guy, he doesn't have massive, massive shooting upside. 79% from the free throw line shows you that he's got the stroke. You just got to stretch it out. You, you get him with the right coach. You get him in the right spot. He can develop that three and be – Hey, we don't need you to do anything other than to go out there, defend the other team's best player, rebound the ball, and knock down a three when you're open. So, you know, focus on that stuff. And I I think Walker is a guy that could definitely do that. I think he'd be good at it day one, but he has the tools to be lead at it. 
Yeah, he's definitely a guy. If you, you're talking about that pick down at 47. Um, he's definitely a guy that would be on my radar. And I, I do think there's a little bit of shooting upside. I mean, he's definitely capable of knocking down threes, especially if he's open. Doesn't do well on contested threes. Shot 34.6% this past season, uh, 36-104 overall. He's 1.1 makes on 3.2 a, a game. But over two years, on average, he shot 40% from three over his two years at Colorado. So he's a guy that he can knock down a three. If you leave him open, he, he will take it and knock it down. But when you see guys close out on him, you don't really want to take it in, in that instance. But a guy that's capable of knocking down three and plays defense the way that he does, I mean, that that's a, always a plus. And as you said, man, point of attack defense is paramount uh, in, in today's NBA. And the more guys that you have that guard out on the perimeter, the better you are, especially when you get into to, to the playoffs and in the situations like that, man, you just need those perimeter guys, especially if you have Dylan Brooks on a roster. When he goes off the, the floor, you need someone else that can come in and do that. And Jabari Walker could be down the line, a guy that could do that for you. Um, and you talk about defense, man, super switchable. Uh, and that, that's what I saw on film. As you say, you got switched on Kenan Chandler. I think you don't necessarily always want him guarding point guards, but I def- definitely think, he could guard the two through four uh, at, at that size, six eight, six nine, and that wingspan at six eleven. Um, I think he can uh, play some some small ball four for you as well. Um, he covers a lot of ground uh, defensively. Uh, really good first step. Uh, when he keeps guys in front of him on drives, uh, good good length. Lateral athleticism is really well, really good. Really contest shots at the rim. Fights through screens. Guards the post pretty well for a guy that's not six eleven, sixteen, six eleven, seven foot. Uh, defense without fouling, good weak side shot blocker. Uh, you, uh, one thing I noticed on tape is when his teammates miss assignments, he's really good at covering up for, for his teammates. Uh, when, when they lose their guy, coming over and stepping over and helping on the help defense, does a really good job there. Um, and, and he really usually, I think his best shot when you're talking about perimeter is that corner three. Um, he can't knock that down when he's open. Uh, so I, I, I love what I saw on film of him. Uh, I think – as far as his jump shot, his, his release is a little bit slow. Uh, doesn't shoot really well off of movement. He's basically just a standstill. If he's wide open, standstill, he can knock that down. But anything else, if he's coming out to move, he, he, most of the time he misses those shots. Um, and when he drives to the basket, he's kind of – I know it's kind of slow and kind of mechanical. Uh, but, again, man, I think just a defensive specialist and a guy that can knock down an open three. Um, I think that's Jabari Walker, and I think he definitely has – some potential and at 47 I mean I, I think you're getting a, a really good solid player there if he, he's there and that's who you take there yeah yeah I, I like him quite a bit like I said he, he's he's inside uh, of my top 10 guys I would like to see in a Grizz uniform and that's not to say so like I didn't get any crazy comments but you know when when you're making a list like that or when when I'm making a list like that this get this is guys that could realistically without a trade up. Obviously, there there's guys, you know, if if I could dream trade up, obviously like you know Jaden Ivy or uh, you know Ben Matherin, guys like that. Uh, Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray, I think would be like maybe top of that list. Honestly, I, you know, you, you get into watching film on these guys and what they do. That there's a lot of guys that I think are going to be elite in this draft. But the 10 guys, when I when I made that list, that's guys that if the Grizzlies don't make any moves to trade up, that could possibly be there for them to get. Uh, Isaac, who do you got next for us, man? Real quick, man, I, I did the same thing last night on Twitter, and I planned on it being 
like a, a, a top 10 kind of kind of like yours. And as I kept going, man, I ended up looking, man, I named like 21 guys. Like there are so many guys that I really like in this draft. When you get to watch the field, man, you try to stay away from falling in love with these guys, man, but it's hard. I mean, yeah. I think I, lo- I love the depth of this draft. I mean, I think there's a lot of, like you said, role players that guys all the way from 20 down to 50 that could be solid role players in this league. I mean, all these guys aren't going to hit. I mean, you're gonna, you you watch film and you like some of the things. Some of these guys are going to end up not kind of living up to, to their potential. But I think there's a lot of potential for, for guys that can be in a rotation two, three years down the line from, like I said, mid-second round, mid-first round on um, in this draft. But the next guy I want to talk about is Caleb Houston, uh, 6'8", 205 pounds, uh, freshman small forward out of Michigan uh, from, from Canada. Uh, shout out Canada, as my man Brevin Knight says all the time. Um, numbers don't really stand out, but SU typically on one point four rebounds, 1.4 assists, uh, 38.4% from the field, 35.5% from three, uh, it's 1.9 makes on five attempts a game, 60 of 169 overall. Um, I, I think the shooting is what stands out for you when, when you watch him on film, he was 36% on catch and shoot looks in the half court and 40% on spot ups. Uh, the corner three is what I would say was his specialty. Uh, really does a good job of, of getting to that spot and knocking it down. Uh, gets the shot off quick. Um, and, and closeouts don't really bother him. When when guys, you see him taking the three and guys are closing out on him, man, he's still able to knock down a lot of those shots and has a, a pretty high release at 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, so it doesn't really bother him, especially when it's smaller guys closing out on him. Uh, doesn't need a lot of room to get that shot off at all. It has deep, deep range on that shot. Uh, shoots really well off movement, uh, too, which is, something that I really like. Um, and he could do it going left or right. Uh, so you really like to see that. Um, I couldn't find an official wingspan on him, but he, he definitely has has pretty good length. He uses that length uh, decently on defense. Uh, when guys try to drive on him, um, he's, he's able to kind of stay in front um, and force him to take pull-up jumpers. Um, he's also able to get steals on ball uh, because of that length. It has pretty good hands, uh, gets out in, in passing lanes and gets steals, deflections, and turn those into offense. Um uh, you also see him get steals on post-entry passes. Um, he has this nice little swim move where he kind of jumps in front and knocks those passes away, man. I saw that on film, uh, several instances of that. Um, I think improvement-wise, uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of positives in the game, and there's definitely some, some shortcomings. Uh, doesn't finish well at the rim at all. Um, only 44.8% in a half court. He just doesn't have a lot of touch. I mean, when you see some of these drives to the basket, man, I mean, they're not even – not even close. Like he has like moved to, tries his little quarter and just never really has any success from, from what I what I seen on tape, man. He just doesn't have a lot of a lot of touch around the rim at all. Uh, he, he gets a lot of his shots blocked at the rim uh, because he doesn't get a lot of lift. He's not explosive, and you'll see him kind of try to go up for these wild layups reverse. It doesn't get a lot of lift on him. He'll even have guards come in and block him because he just doesn't get up high enough on, on those on those jumps. Um, and doesn't do much in the mid range at all. Um, it's for him. It's pretty much on the perimeter. Um, he, he's a really good perimeter shooter, and as far as his offensive game, that's pretty much it. You're not going to get much from the mid range from him. And as I talked about, he really struggles to finish at the rim. Uh, another issue for him is self creation. Um, he was five of 23 for 21.7 percent on pull up jumpers. I mean, he's almost exclusively a catch and shoot guy. Uh, not a great ball handler, which makes it even tougher for him to kind of create out on on the perimeter. You'll see. He gets the ball late in shot clocks and just really, really struggles uh, late, late in shot clocks. He's a guy that shoots the basketball well. Anytime he gets fed up or he's moving around or guys having to try to create a guy's closing out or guys are 
like he can't shake his man or, or get separation and throws up wild shots at the, at the end of the, the, end of the shot clock and usually doesn't make them. Uh, defensively, he also doesn't do well with guys with speed. That goes again to the lateral quickness, um, and, and I think those are his major issues, man. But you're looking for a guy that can can knock down a knock down an open three. That's him. But outside of that, man, that's not a not a lot there. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be able to be a, de- a really good defender because we talked about that athleticism, and he just doesn't have that step uh, to, to kind of stay with guys in that way. I mean, he does have, like I said, when it comes to to, to flat footed defense. When, when guys are coming to the paint, he can force guys to take jump shots. But if they're on the move, he he really struggles to kind of keep guys in front of them. Yeah, I saw somebody that uh, said he was a prototypical 3 and D guy. And I'm like <laughs> – I'll go with – I got with the three, but not the D. <laughs> no, like I, I don't – like he doesn't have the, the the speed to be that. You know, they're – there are definitely good things. I, th- his high release, the fact that he doesn't have a whole lot yeah. of movement in that shot and he can shoot it over the top of guys, that, you know, it's good. He's young. I, I think he's going to be uh, 19 on the draft. He doesn't turn uh, – yeah. 19, 9 of the draft. He doesn't turn 20 until January. Uh, he He's very smart. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. As He passes the ball well. If he works yeah, on his handle, I, I think that he has – some playmaking upside because he does pass the ball well, but he's got to tighten his handle up. That that is where you know you miss you mentioned kind of ball security, and that that's it's not in his passing. You don't generally see him throw the ball away or make an errant pass. When he throws his passes, they're usually right on the money. But you know the the issue is he just can't really handle the ball that well. So you know not being able to handle the ball that well, not be able to create. Um, separation for himself he's a guy that's going to be limited in his offensive role at least early on um but is there enough there that you're willing to take a shot on him i I don't know like to to me i i don't i like the size um you know i read somewhere that he has a near seven foot wingspan but he declined the invite to the combine and so it makes me wonder is there a team that has kind of made him a promise because, you know, yeah, like it, it, what, what does in his position, what does not going to the combine do for it? Yeah. And, yeah. It's weird. It's weird because you've seen, I've seen some smoke there of him going late first. So I don't know if that's, and then you'll see him in some box, like in the fifties. So it's a wide range for him, but I have starting to hear like, them thinking that he might go late first. And I don't know if that's from Intel, that maybe there's a team there in the bottom of the first that really likes him. Uh, to me, even at, even at 47, I just think there are guys with more upside. Like you said, I think he's going to be limited uh, just because of some of that athleticism stuff, doesn't have that that first step uh, to, to kind of stay with guys defensively. I mean, I think he's just going to be a one-dimensional kind of just the shooter. And I think, that's going to really limit him. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, these guys can always only, only 19 years old. Uh, and, and these guys can always improve, but I think that's, that's something that I don't know if it's going to get a lot better. Um, I do like, think there's some playmaking upside there. Like you said, when watching pass the ball, I man, it does a good job of that. It's just, just, just a lot of, a lot of holes in this game. And I think sometimes there are holes that you feel like, okay, this is something that can, can be vastly improved on. And there are other things, that you just physically are limited in certain ways that you just don't feel like it's getting much better. And I think 
some of the things with him are just, I think he's got physical limitations that's not going to allow him to get much better in those things. He's a high IQ player, uh, really smart. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, man, you always like guys 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", that can really shoot the basketball because, again, it has that high release, really hard to guard. Like I said, when guys close out on him, doesn't seem to bother him at all, doesn't change his shot, still smooth, release, knocks him down. You don't see him touch a lot of rim on his shots. Most of his shots are swishes. Like, they're perfect uh, on his shots. But it's just the other parts of his game, man. I think it's going to be some things that are tough for him to overcome. But uh, yeah. who knows? Like I said, man, I've seen him at the bottom of the first, and I've seen him near the bottom of the second. So I, he's one of those guys where you have no idea wh- where he's going to go. The the basketball IQ, you can see it on both ends of the floor. And while he's never going to be – okay – now I'm just going to say, like, he's never going to be a point of attack defender. He doesn't no. have the lateral quickness. He does have the size and the wingspan that you would think maybe that is a possibility. But he, he's not. Like, you you can see him on film get just broke down because he, his yeah. lateral quickness is not there. But he's a very smart team defender. He's going to play the team defense well. And so, I, you know – as long as he understands he's not a point of attack defender, and as long as the team knows that he's not a point of attack defender, you can put him in on defense, and he's he's not going to be a defensive liability. But you know, like if you got him out there on like on a guy that can you know take him off the bounce, he's going to be in trouble. So you yeah. know, it's I, I'm not as bullish on him as I am on Coloco. Like you know, I, I think because of the shooting, because of the high basketball IQ and his age, I think that he's a guy that, you know, at 47, there may be some guys that are still there with with, uh, with more upside. It would all depend on who's on the board there. You know, like if he if he's the best player available there at 47, which that's not outside of the realm of possibilities, I'm okay with it. But uh, he's not a guy that I would be targeting. Yeah, I liked him a lot better before I watched on film. Like, I've watched – I watched him sometimes throughout the year. I saw Michigan play on multiple occasions, and I, and I liked him when I saw him. But when the more I watched on film, the more I kind of kind of backed off of him. He was a guy that I, I felt like I liked quite a bit because of, because of the shooting and the size um, and the length that I like. But, again, man, just watching them on, on defense, there are definitely some, some shortcomings there. And, again, the guy's super young. But, again, man, some things that you see, you just don't feel like it's going to get much better. Uh, I think he is just going to be a specialized guy. And I prefer guys that have upside in, in different avenues. And I think mostly for him, it, it's it's just going to be the shooting and maybe a little bit of playmaking. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you, man. We will move on from Mr. Houston. Let's go with uh, Ryan Rollins, a six foot four inch guard out of Toledo. And I, I was surprised at a comment that Isaac gave because Rollins is under six foot six. And as you all know, Isaac, <laughs> oh, man, like here anybody. we go <laughs> every year, man, I got to get you with it. But typically <laughs> Isaac is not a fan of guys that are below six, six. And, and that's, I, I understand where he's coming from with it because in this league, if, if you are shorter than six foot six and you're not a yeah, point, guard, you're point guard, you, yeah. you become like, it, it's really tough. Like, where are you going to be? If you're a six foot four guy and you're not a point guard, how are you going to match up? Ryan Rollins does have a, a six foot ten inch wingspan. Yeah, that, so that's even with the, the smaller six, frame. Four. 
Yeah, like yeah. that that is something he's still gonna be able to guard twos and and maybe even some threes, depending on the, the level yeah. of physicality, you know, at, at six foot four. Um, he, he's a score first guard, he's not a point guard, he would be more of kind of like a combo guard. Um, he has the the capability of being a three-level scorer. Uh, I, I like when you see him initiating the pick and roll. If teams go under, he's shooting the ball. Like yeah, he, he, he's he punishing them. He, he, he's giving it to them. Uh, he's got a great mid-range game. So if they're running the pick and roll and the big switches on him, he, he's going to take him to the mid-range and destroy him. He, mid-range assassin, um, high-level self-creation. He's a guy that can go out there and get you a bucket. You know, even though, man, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Ty Jones, but I like I like Ryan Rollins a lot. I like him a lot as a fit, as a guy that can come off of the bench. I don't know that he is a guy that's going to initiate the offense for you, so I wonder where he would fit in into you know with with the Grizzlies, but because of because of that mid range. His Hezzy, I, I love his Hezzy. That Hezzy is what gets yeah. him to the rim. That's, you know, it, he has a few elite skills, and you don't see a lot of a lot of steam coming from him because I think, honestly, like where he played, because he played at Toledo, yeah. not a lot of people got to watch him. But, you know, there's he, he's got a, a huge, huge bag. He can post guys up even at 6'4". He's got good footwork down low to post guys up. He's got a nice turnaround. Uh, his handle's pretty strong. I, I love the way he uses his length on defense, but he's not really – he's not a point of attack defender. I think he has the speed that that could change. Um, and at six foot four, you would like for him to be a better point of attack defender. But, uh, you know, the, he he gets in the passing lanes because of those long, long arms. He's able to anticipate. You see him kind of gamble a little bit from time to time. But uh, it's – there's a lot to like about this kid, a lot. Yeah, I, I really like him. Um, and, and I wish I had some names. I've had a few people uh, kind of mention him to me on Twitter. And actually, I watched film on him. Um, like you said, man, played at Toledo. That's not a uh, – in the MAC, not a team that a lot of people are are kind of keyed in on. Uh, but you – first off, you love it, man. 6'4", 6'10", wingspan. I mean, that, that has to be one of the, the better wingspans in the draft for, as, as opposed to size. Uh, we wrote down a lot of the same notes here. Uh, really finds, like, creative ways to score on the pick and roll, man. He can uh, do a lot of different things, man. If you love to see what he can do offensively. He has that step-back move on the perimeter in his bag. Um, not, like you said, not a sniper or anything from downtown. But if you go under, man, he's going to make you pay for it, man. He's going to go ahead and knock that three down under those certain scenarios. Uh, really smooth pull-up jumper in the mid-range. Just beautiful. Uh, just, it can create it off the dribble. Uh, just from just all spots on the floor, man. He's just, like you said, mid-range assassin. Uh, can, can really knock down that mid-range jump shot, which I think it's going to be a skill that's going to make him carve out a role for him in the NBA. Um, he's also able to get to the rim. Um, has a nice little hezzy dribble, like you said, he uses to to evade defenders. Uh, good pass, a really good playmaker out of the pick and roll. Um, again, I don't know if he's going to be a guy that can, can run your team, man, but he can definitely make plays out of the pick and roll because he's a really good ball handler. Uh, I, I saw a couple of different highlights where I mean, he took the ball in the end, just created with the dribble, took the ball in the end, was able to finish on the other end. Uh, he, he can attack guys one-on-one. Um, I mean, just hard to guard. I mean, he's one of those guys that you watch these, the new kind of NBA, the way 
guys get out there and, and, and create, man, he could he could definitely do that one on one. Um, just a, just you know a lot. Thing, I think. Go ahead. So, something that's weird to me about him, if you watch him, he doesn't create a ton of separation. Yeah, I was just about to say that. But able to get his shot off, but it's a shot off. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's that. like. Yeah. Okay, he didn't really tear that defender up, but he doesn't need a lot of space. Like he's got a very no. quick trigger to get his shot off. And, and that was something I, I was watching him in, in the ISO game specifically. And I'm like, man, like yeah, he's doing some work. He's doing really, really well. And then the more I watch it, I'm like, man, how how is he doing this? Like how, because it's it's just weird how good he is at scoring in isolation but there's almost a lack of ability to create separation. And I don't know, I can't, can't put a finger on it, but that's something that was just a little bit weird for me. Yeah. I was just about to say that. I was like, even though he, he does a good job of getting that pull up jump shot and created with the dribble, I had one of my negative notes down here that he does not create a lot of separation, but again, he just doesn't need a lot of room to get it off. Cause I mean, he's, he's moving. It's not like he's like a stiff, Guys, there just still he, he's moving around, but he, he somehow gets that jump shot off, even though he, he doesn't create a lot of separation. One another thing I like if you do have a man against point guards, he's bigger when, and longer than most point guards, so he's able to take guys down into the post, um, and do work down there. That's not something that you see a lot in today's NBA, but he, he's a guy that will be able to do that. Um, and he just always seems he, he on defensively, he's just really smart, uh, really good defensive instincts. You'll see him. Getting passing lanes, he does a really good job of reading what the what what the offense is doing is reacting. Like he jumps passes, he just always seems to be around the basketball in the right spots. Um, he, he's not super explosive, uh, as we said. So that's kind of part of the reason why he doesn't get a lot of separation. Um, I think he, he's much much of depth when on the pull up. Uh, when when he's on a catch and shoot, he, he's not as good um, on catch and shoot jumpers. Definitely better when he's kind of creating those pull up jump shots. Um, what else did I have down on here? Uh, defense, defensive posture is not always great in one-on-one situation. You'll see him kind of get caught standing up at times um, in one-on-one point of attack defense. But overall, man, he's a prospect that I was surprised by. Man, didn't know a lot about him until I started watching film. But I, I definitely think he's has a place in the NBA, and he's another one of these guys where they're guys that are projected bottom bottom of the first round, and I could compare to him. Um, I, I know. I think the size, like like David said, uh, being a combo guard, kind of in between being a point guard and shooting guard, and also playing at Toledo or some kind of probably some of the reasons why he you see him down in the second round. But um, he, he's a, he's a good, really good talent, and I think the pull up jump shot ability, uh, the, the 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 passing ability uh, in, in the pick and roll, I think is going to carve out a role for him. And I think he's a guy that's going to be able to come off the bench for somebody and be and be effective. Yeah, yeah, I agree a hundred percent, man. Uh, I don't, I don't really have much of anything else on him. I made quite a few notes, but between the two of us, we kind of went, went over everything. You know, that that's a guy. You know, he, he didn't make my top ten list uh, whenever I made it, but that there, you know, making that top ten list was very hard because there were guys that are not on that list that I really wanted to put on there. One thing that I feel like I've done a good job of this year that I didn't do last year, um, you know, I, I said I'm going to keep myself from falling in love with the prospects and being like, okay, this is who I want them to take. And, and number number one for me, Patrick Baldwin Jr., he, he's been 
he's been my guy like since before really even I've liked him early in, in this draft process before we even started talking about it here on the show I would still love it if he would end up in a Grizzlies uniform but there's a lot of guys and that you know at 22 and 29 that if they pick them I'm going to be happy with them yeah I, I mean same here like I said man I started off thinking I'm going to put eight to ten guys on there and I looked up and I was talking about guys 22, 29, and 47, and I looked up and I had like 20-plus guys on there. So they're – if they don't end up with – if they do for some reason stay at 22, 29, and 47, it's going to be kind of hard for them to not pick three guys off this list. I'd be surprised <laughs> yeah. if – because the, many, the, many, the amount of guys that I have on there, I mean, it's going to be kind of, kind of hard to miss that list completely. But uh, we're going to move on to, to the next prospect, and this is the guy that's expected to go – kind of in the middle of the first round, a little bit earlier than some of the guys we've been talking about. Um, and that's Malachi Branham, 6'6", uh, 195-pound uh, freshman shooting guard out of Ohio State, 16 uh, wingspan, going to be 19 years old um, on draft night. Been uh, man, man, just a, a really, really good basketball player all around. Uh, you look at his numbers, 13.7 points, 3.6 rebounds, two assists, 49.8 from the field, 41.6% on, from, from three. Uh, not a big-time sample size. Uh, 1.2 makes on 2.8 attempts a game, uh, 37 of 89 overall, 83.3% from the free throw line, man. So you shoot numbers there. The volume doesn't bother me, man. I, I'm pretty content that he's going to be a, a good shooter. Um, I wrote down here people that we had the debate a couple years ago, basketball player versus Hooper. Uh, Benham is just a Hooper, man. He's a guy that just goes out and plays basketball. And people say – you talk about his three-point shooting. People say the mid-range game is dead. Well, Malachi Bryan might, might bring it back, man. Made 46.5% of his mid-range jumpers last season. Um, his go-to shot is this kind of dribble and dribble, dribble mid-range pull-up. Um, you see that. I mean, he's just money uh, with that shot. You see him take it over and over and over, and it's uh, a really nice shot, man. He's able to get it, get to it pretty much anytime he wants to, and he does it going left or right out of the pick and roll. Uh, really quick and high release on the shot. Uh, does it take a lot of room to get it off he's um it's a smooth smooth jump shot shot 22 or 28 for 78.6 percent on shots at the rim um he's not not a super explosive athlete uh but gets to the basket a lot out of the pick and roll uh super patient uh doesn't get sped up uh he takes what the defense gives him i mean you watch watch film and you see i mean he never seems to be in a rush i mean he just seems super poised uh for for a kid this young i mean he just really really executes offensively um he, he does have some sneaky athleticism though going left as you'll see uh when he goes to right he's not as explosive but you'll see him when he when he gets his dunks it's mostly when he goes left uh finishes with the left hand um and he's a little bit more athletic than you think uh when he's going left especially uh when he can't get to the rim he has a, a little push floater that he goes to um he shot 43 and a half percent on catch and shoot looks out of the half court uh shot 41.6 percent from three overall Again, not a huge sample size at 37-89, but, but again, man, you just see the, the, the shooting mechanics, uh, the efficiency uh, that, that he shoots the basketball with. I don't have any questions that he's going to be a guy that'll be able to knock down shots at the next level. Um, and he can make threes from anywhere, uh, but I think his most effective uh, shot is the corner three. Uh, I mean, you'll see most of his three makes from there. I think improvements, um, not super efficient in, in shooting off the bounce. Uh, shooting numbers go down significantly in those situations um when going when in one-on-one situations he has trouble at times creating a lot of separation um on, on most of his drives to the basket his man is usually able to stay with him uh so you will see him get 
some shots blocked at the rim uh, because he just doesn't have that explosiveness. We talked about uh, Caleb Houston being that type of guy. He's not anywhere near that bad, but he doesn't get a lot of lift uh, when he goes to the basket. Also, uh, struggles to finish at the rim off one foot, uh, and defenders kind of sit on that. And again, that's another thing that allows him allows defenders to block his shots at the rim. He doesn't do a lot of the two feet uh, going to the rim. Uh, defensively, uh, when when he, when he doesn't do a good job of closing out at times, you'll see that. Um, he also struggles to keep quick guards in front of him. Gets caught on screens a lot um, in the pick and roll. He's just not really super physical on a defensive end. Um, and I don't know if he's a guy you'll ever call a deep a great defense defender at the NBA level, but I think I think he can improve on there. I, I don't think he'll ever be a guy you're going to say, man, that guy's really locking guys down. But I think he's good enough to where if he gets good coaching, he can get better at that. But if you're looking for a guy that can knock down shots and uh, in the mid-range and, and knock down three-pointers, he's he, he's that guy. And, and again, man, shooting is always going to be at the pre- a premium in the NBA. But I think you look and see where he's projected. I mean, he's a guy – I like him, but I think he's a guy to me. I think he's a guy that probably should be in the 20s. I don't know if I would take him in a lottery. You see him like at 12, 13, 14 in, in some mocks. I don't know if I would take him that high uh, just because I think of some of his defensive shortcomings and, and finishing at the rim. But, I mean, he's a really good player. Yeah, he definitely is, and I, I agree with you. I think that he, he is a guy, you know, every year you see somebody that's kind of mocked pretty high that falls. And as I'm digging through this draft and watching film and studying guys, I think it might be him. I think he's a guy that you may see kind of drop down the board. I don't think he's going to go too far down, but you know, you mentioned his, I won't say inability. He can do it a little bit, but I think he's neat. He's going to need some help creating separation in the league. I think that his love of the mid range is probably going to get him yelled at by coaches in the league because you know they're they're not the they're not huge. He knocks it down. He, he's great. He, he's fantastic. Yeah, they were like, man, step out that line. <laughs> but that you know that's not a shot that uh, the coaches like a whole lot. Well, I, maybe you know Chauncey Billups. You know he, he played back in the day. Maybe he he is a guy that'd be okay with the uh, with the mid range. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I I like his ability to shoot over the top of defenders. He just out of the guys that you see mocked around where he's at, there's so many guys that to me have a significantly higher upside. You that, that's there's yeah, times that's the thing with him. There's certain mocks where I see AJ Griffin going after him and do that. I'm taking AJ no. Griffin <laughs> like eight days a week over this kid. And I, I feel like I'm just hammering on him. I'm not trying to bash him. I do think that he's a good player. I think that he will find a role in the NBA, but I, I don't know that he is lottery talent. There, there's some things when we talk about holes in the game, I think that Malachi Branham has as many holes in his game as Christian Braun and maybe even more, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I agree. And that is it, – it's a little puzzling to me as to why you got, you know, 6'6", six, 6'10", six, six, wingspan – there's a lot, you know, a lot of things that he can do, and he can do at a really high level. But is he that much better than Christian Braun? And to me, the answer to that question is no. You know, like if I, if you ask me value wise, 
Would I rather have hold, – hold on. Before I say this, I'm going to pull it up. Basketball News, um, I believe, has Malachi Branham mocked to go around – I want to say 11 the last time I saw it. Yeah, see, take a thought. Um, has him at 15. I, I, I'm a little, uh, little slow here. I wasn't expecting to go down this road. 15. I'm sorry, yeah. So, they have yeah, Malachi Branham going fi- 15 to – uh, the Hornets, Hornets, and then Christian Braun. Oh man, where's he at? He's way down here. Take take a thought. Has him at thirty nine. Now they had him in the first round yeah. in their so, last one, and they in this new one they dropped him down to thirty nine. So, so do I want that, Christian Braun at forty <laughs> yeah. or Malachi Branham at fifteen? And, and and I'm taking Christian Braun at forty there because when you look at after pick 15, these are some guys. Ochi Agbaji, I, I butcher his name every time. Isaac, say his name for me. I can't even freaking read it. Ochi Agbaji. Thank you, man. Struggling. Yeah. Uh, he, they got him going 16. I'm taking him over, Branham. Ty Ty Washington, yep. different player, but I'm taking Ty Ty over him. Tari Eason, that's kind of a toss up. I'm not as sold on Tari as some people. But yeah, he's another guy that I think when you talk about brand guys that can drop, I think Tari Eason, uh, Malachi Branham, those are two guys that I think yeah. are I'm taking, a little bit too high. I'm taking his teammate EJ Lydell over him, Marjan Bochamp, yep. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. I'm taking yeah. um, Jalen Hardy and, and Dalen Terry, and and I'll stop there. Like, but that that just tells you. I think I just racked off like seven names. That, that are after him in that mock that I would take over him. And, again, I, I hate to just kind of get on here and, and, and bash these guys. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to diminish what he's capable of. But there's some definite holes in his game, and you generally don't see a guy that has that many holes this high up in the mocks. No, especially not like a, a guy that played I – mean, there's, there's some guys like you talk about uh, Osmani Dean who – you just look at the production hasn't been there, but you know, you just see all these physical tools uh, and, and what he projects to be all his potential. And I think uh, Branham is a guy whose upside is limited. You just, you, you're right. You usually don't see guys projected that high with a limited upside. Because I mean, like I said, not that he's not going to be a good solid player. I just don't think there's a whole lot of room for him to get much better or change into anything different than what he is. Um, and that's, Again, man, I hate to, like you said, my hate to sound like we're just bashing the kid. Uh, I, I mean, I think he's he's definitely a first-round pick, and if he gets into the 20s, you're talking about somebody getting a steal. But I just think there are other guys that seem to be consistently mocked after him that you're kind of thinking, why would he be ahead of those guys? Yeah. Yep, definitely. And that's – I think fit kind of at that point, you know, because the level of talent is, is going to be pretty close – like once you get into that, you know, 13 to, to 20 range, the level of talent is going to be pretty close. And then you're just getting your guy. And so maybe because of fit, that's why you're seeing guys, you know, like Ty Ty being behind him. Uh, I, Jaden Hardy, I, I have no idea why he did not get an invitation to the green room. I think that's, yeah, that, just, yeah, I think that was, that, yeah, I didn't get that. that that's just, it's wild, man, because he, He's got Bochamp the got a Bochamp got an invitation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I don't know, man. I 
I got nothing. I don't know who makes those calls. I, I'm not uh, – that's above my pay grade. I'm just going to keep uh, yeah. looking at the prospects and watching <laughs> the film. I mentioned Ty Yeah, I was shocked when I saw – I was, was going to say real – sorry, real quick. I was shocked when I saw Bochamp get an invitation. I'm thinking, do they know something that maybe there's a team up in the lottery or something that really likes them and, and, and is talking about taking them? Because that was a weird one. Like I said, not to bounce on Bo- Bochamp or anything because he – when you get out of the 20s, you talk about 22 and 29, he's a guy that I think – would 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 make a lot of sense for the Grizzlies, but for him to get invited, you saw teammates they already not getting one. That just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I didn't I didn't get that one at all. Uh, but Bo Champ was number two on my top ten that I put out last night. Yeah. I, I really really like him, and I just I, I'm on the same page as you that to to give him an invite and not have Jaden Hardy in there. I saw something. Where I and, and I don't know who it is. I would one hundred percent give them credit. I'm not trying to plagiarize anything, but there there was something that, that said they that felt like Jay, well. Jaden Hardy cost himself twenty million dollars by going and playing in the G League. Oh, they, you know that that I, I saw some stuff that said he didn't. I saw some stuff reports that said that he didn't interview well, that he didn't do well in the interview process, and that's kind of why you've seen his kind of stock kind of stay down there in, in the early to, to mid twenties, which man, I'm, if, if he, if he's there at 22, man, I, if the Grizzlies take him, man, I'm going to be ecstatic. Uh, Cause he's definitely right there at the top of my list of those kind of three, four, five guys that I, at the top of my list of 22 and 29. I mean, before, the talent is there like the. Yeah. Before he went to the, the ignite, he was a projected top five guy. Five pick. Then, yeah. You know, it's I I don't think that he got exposed in the G League enough to where, you know, he he should be falling that far. We'll see what happens on draft night. Uh, Before we get into our last guy, I want to ask you about something. Did you see the video of Dalen Terry and his interview whenever he worked out in Portland? Yeah, yeah, I did see it, man. Super, super impressive, man. Yeah, if you guys have not watched that, I retweeted it on my personal page. I don't think that I retweeted it from the uh, Ethos Grizzlies page because it was a Portland Trailblazers tweet. I guess technically it's covering draft stuff, so I could have retweeted it from there. But it's out there. Go check it out. Dalen Terry, and he was working out. Shaden Sharp was a guy that was there. Um, But I loved in the interview where, you know, his confidence. You know, he said, I'm a guy – they, they were talking about one of his one of the guys asked him about his weaknesses and he's like are there some things that I need to improve in my offensive game yeah but I was just kind of you know like I I knew that I had Matherin on my team I knew that he could score the ball so my job was to get him the ball in places where he could score and that's what I done and I just I love his edge the confidence that there's a there's a fine line between confidence and cocky, and Cockiness, I think you yeah. walked it to a T, man. I think it was it was perfect. I love it, and my guy Will Harris of the All Rookie Podcast, shout out to you if you're listening to the show, buddy. He was talking crap. He's like, Dalen Terry's not first round talent. I'm like, listen, man. The, Grizz- <laughs> the Grizzlies got two first round picks. If they use one of them on him, I promise you, I'm not gonna be mad. Yeah, I was going to say, Will's def- definitely a guy that kind of thinks outside the box. Uh, we talk about the year, some of his things, like in our mock draft, he took Zayna Williams out of Arkansas, I think, in the lottery. He, he has a different outlook on, on kind of how he evaluates pro- prospects, and, that, and that's great. I mean, it's not – everybody shouldn't agree. It wouldn't be fun if everybody kind of 
agreed on on, on the same thing. But I, if, yeah. if David Terry ends up in a Grizzlies uniform, man, I'm going to be ecstatic, man. If he, you get him there at 29, man, I'm, I'm happy because again, I think we don't know what's going to happen with Tyus Jones. The Tyus, they were able to get him. Like I don't know why he would do this. This has kind of been a lot of thinking from some people. Maybe he signs a two-year deal. If that's the case, I think David Terry would be a perfect prospect to kind of maybe send him down to the G League and kind of groom him. And, and by the time Tyus moves on, he'd be ready to come in, step up, and be that backup point guard. And a guy at that size, man, just brings you a different dynamic than what, what you get from job, man. I think he would be really fun. Uh, a guy at that size with, with point guard skills, man. He'd be he's a, he's a really fun player to watch. And and, and to that point that he made in that uh, that that interview. Uh, Mikey Weisenberg, when I asked him about it last night, said that same thing, that, that he was a guy that he felt like he just knew he had Benedict Matherin and, and some other guys on his team. So he wasn't trying to take on that offensive load. So maybe, man, he has more in his bag uh, than, than we even think there. But uh, he's a guy that I, I've heard the teams really like. There's even some thoughts now that there might be a team in the, in the bottom of the lottery that might take him. There's been some buzz over the last couple of days that I've been hearing. And uh, again, man, I think potential-wise, I think he upside wise, he he's one of the biggest plays in his draft. Yeah. I didn't remember. Did we talk about him with Mikey last night, man? man yeah, I asked him about him. That was a yeah, I asked him about him because he, he's a Pac 12 guy with Oregon. So I figured he had oh, some 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 yeah. insight on him. Yeah, I asked him about it for Did we, we mention that interview even? No, if, we didn't we didn't talk about the interview. Okay, all right. I was like, man, my days are kind of running together. It's a possibility <laughs> that we talked about it. And if we did, you guys get to listen to it twice. Sorry about that. But uh we didn't. Isaac's got me covered there. So we, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Ty Ty Washington is going to be a guy that we talk about. And again, we're kind of all over the place with where these guys are projected. Ty Ty is late lottery slash lottery uh, type player. He's a six foot guard out or six foot four inch guard out of Kentucky with a six foot eight inch wingspan. And th- this is a guy that I don't know that we saw everything that he's capable of at Kentucky. I think when, when guys go to a team that does a great job recruiting, you look at, uh, at like Penny and what he does with the Tigers yeah. and some of these guys, they really get kind of buried on the bench that if they went to a smaller school would probably yeah. be a dominant look, player. Like, yeah. The numbers don't jump out at you, but yeah. Like you, the you stuff like that's going to happen. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're playing at Duke, Carolina, you know, Gonzaga, like these big schools that have four or five NBA caliber players on it. And especially if you're an underclassman, you're, you're not going to get to fully showcase. Ty Ty did have that big game where he had 17 assists, looked insane as a playmaker. That's something I feel like he can, he can replicate. I think he can do that at a high level. Uh, I think he's a good pull-up shooter. He's a good catch-and-shoot guy. He changes speeds very, very well. He does – like that's – that may be his most elite skill is his ability to change speed. He's super quick. Love his vision. Uh, I love the way that, that he executes the pick and roll. You know, that, that go, kind of goes back to, to playmaking. One of my favorite things about him, though, is when he's coming up the floor, even when he scores the basketball, his eyes are always up. He's always looking for his yeah. teammates. And the, the ability to make high-end plays because of that, like he – He's going to make the right play, I feel like, almost every time that he has a ball in his hand. Um, I think sometimes he settles a little bit. That That's something that, that he needs to maybe work on. You know, like there may be a, a better move here or there that he can make, but he settles for a, a pull-up shot. And, again, pull-up shooting is, is a strength for him, so it's not like that's 
a huge downgrade, but you know, you want to kind of get the best shot on offense when you're playing in a game close to the year and in the playoffs, especially every possession matters. So making the right decision is going to make a difference and, and getting the best shot is going to make a difference. Um, and then something else that kind of concerns me a little bit with high tie, he doesn't get to the free throw line. He, he, he has a little floater that he shoots and he doesn't really, I won't say that he avoids contact, but he doesn't go in and try to initiate it. Yeah, man, I, I like Tata a lot. Uh, I think first thing that I like is, is the size. I mean, a, a true point guard at six four, six five with a six eight wingspan. I mean, that's an advantage. I think it allows him to to be able to see over defenses. I, I think that's a big, big time playmaker because he's, he's uh, again at six four, six five, and a, a big point guard. Because it's not like he's a combo guard. He is a point guard um, at, at that size. Um, average four assists per game in kind of a, a secondary playmaker role. I mean, he shared those duties uh, with, with other guys on the team. He still averaged four, four assists a game. Doesn't turn the basketball over. I mean, he ball security is a big-time strength of his. A really good pocket passer. Uh, excellent timing and hitting his big in the pick and roll. You saw it. I think that'll be even better in the NBA when you're playing with, 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 with better players. Uh, passes guys open. I mean, you'll see times where, where guys got open and he puts the pass right there from the catch from the dunker spot uh, under the basket. Just does a lot, a really good job of hitting guys. Uh, so much self-creation upside. Just big time, big time self-creation upside because of that pull-up jumper that you talked about. Uh, he, he shot 57% on his floaters. Um, he can do it off of one or two feet. I mean, you'll see sometimes does it off of one, sometimes does it off of two. I think that's uh, a big time versatility there. Um, he's at his best when he's going left, but he can go left or right. Um, he's a guy you can play on and off the ball. I think there is some some off-ball potential there as well. Uh, smooth release on that jump shot. Um, he's able to get separation. Um, it's just, I mean, just a really good player. But uh, outside of the the, the floater, um, doesn't, like you said, doesn't do a lot of scoring at the rim. Uh, so he doesn't get to the free throw line a lot. Uh, 69% of his shots on the year were jumpers. I mean, as a guard, you'd like to see hit that number higher. You'd like to see him get in the paint a little bit more. Uh, that's something that he's going to have to do when he gets into the NBA because you're playing league guard, man. You got to get to the get, to, get into paint and get to the free throw line, and get fouled. And he's too good of a player not to. It, it's kind of weird that you don't didn't see that more um, at Duke. Uh, he's not as good in ISO situations as you like. Uh, like I said, doesn't create a super amount of separation. And you know, if we sound like a broken record, you got to say that about all these guys. Uh, defensively, uh, you you will see times where guys that are really quick uh, can get past them. I, I'm not super concerned about it. Uh, and, he, and he also can struggle to finish against size. Like you see him when he, when he does drive against bigger players. I mean, sometimes he'll get a shot block. But it's just with him, it's just, just kind of some nitpicky stuff. I, I like him as a prospect. And I think the size, I think, is a big advantage for him. And he knocks down a pull-up J. The vision is elite. I think he could be an elite, elite passer in the league. Um, and, again, at that size, man, I think a really, really, really good prospect. Somebody's going to get a good point guard. Whoever takes um, I, I like him as a prospect. Yeah, I think that uh, – I, I think his shooting is, is untapped. I think there's more potential there. He came yeah, to the Iverson Classic well. in Memphis, yeah. and he, he won the three-point shootout there. And, yeah, there's a difference in the three-point line. But he's got a smooth stroke. I, I really, I, you know, on 11 attempts from the field, he was 45%. Um, and that's, 
That's good. I, I like, you know, 45, 46% as a guard, you're finishing the ball pretty well. Like you're, you're putting the ball in the bucket and then 35% from three on, on low attempts, 3.3. But I feel like yeah. that's something that, that you will see increase as he gets in the league and continues to grow. Um, another like lead guard that doesn't get to the free throw line very well, but he, he's a good NBA player is Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is a guy that doesn't yeah. really play into contact that, that that much. He doesn't go to the free throw line, but he's still super effective. And so you can you can be an effective lead guard in this league without getting to the free throw line. But it, that that is something that uh, you know it, it's just a question mark. Like what's going to happen to him at this next level? Is that going to be an issue, or is he going to be able to do what he needs to do to overcome that? Yeah, uh, I think that I think that's kind of the kind of question for him. But again, man, a, a lot, a lot of stuff that you like uh, when, when when you watch him on film. I, I just I love anytime you can get a guy above six three uh, with, with true point guard skills. We talk about Dalen Terry at six seven and Ty Ty Washington six four, pretty long at six with a six eight wingspan. I, I just like that size and athleticism, and um, I think he has a chance to be really good. He's another guy that you kind of see all over the place. You see him bottom of the lottery there's some mocks that have him in the teens even into the early 20s uh so but but i i don't think he's gonna make it to the 20s i think he's just there's too much to like there i think he's a guy that you see go kind of in the middle of the first round i know uh matt babcock at one point said that there's no way that ty ty makes it out of the lottery he didn't mention a team he didn't mention anything like he didn't say anything specific it was kind of a uh, a very vague statement, but he his like the exact words were "There's no way Ty Ty makes it out of the lottery," and so that that's I, I don't know. Like I was looking through the lottery trying to kind of see, you know, wh- where his fit would be, and you know you can make the case in a couple spots, but um, also what kind of movement is going to happen? I, I think. Ty Ty is a guy that would fit well like in New Orleans. They need a true point guard. And I think that would be a, a pretty, pretty nasty fit. There's some other guys with some more size that maybe you would like a little bit more. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh I'm really, really ready for this draft. We're seven days away. This time next week, we will know who the number one pick is going to be, which I think we pretty much know that it's going to be Jabari. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. Um, but may, maybe uh, maybe Orlando throws a curveball. We'll see what happens. Isaac, you got anything else before we get out of here tonight, man? No, man. I think we think we pretty much got it covered. Uh, six new prospects. We're definitely going to try to squeeze some more in uh, before draft time. But man, I'm I'm excited again, man. One of my favorite events of the year is the NBA draft and. It's almost here. Um, and, and again, I think it's an intriguing, intriguing situation for the Grizzlies because there's not one avenue that they used to look at and say, this is what they need to do. I mean, there's just so many different ways they can handle this. And I personally think I'm still of the belief that they're going to do something. I, I would be still shocked right now. If somebody told me to put money on it right now. I wouldn't put it on. They're just going to sit there and draft at 22, 29, 47. I just think they're going to do something and, was this move up, um, move out of move out of one of the picks for a future asset, um, move a player and, and a pick for a veteran. I, I just think they're going to do something. And 
that that's what makes this fun, man. And I'm I'm ready for it. Can't wait till next Thursday night. Yeah, we will wrap it up. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizz. Look, dude, <laughs> this heat, this Louisiana heat. I mean, I, I'm it's Ethos at Ethos Grizzlies. I apologize. I am at D. Nope. I can't even do it, man. I can't even close the show. <laughs> I, I'm struggling, struggle busting. I apologize, guys. Let me try this again. The show is on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I am at David W2111. Isaac hopefully will not struggle as much as I did and get us out of here. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. That's I S A A C underscore rivals, man. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, but yeah, man, we'll have this podcast up for you in just a bit, man. Thanks to everybody again for tuning in. Go over to Ethos Grizzlies. Give us a like and follow. We appreciate that. And until next time. Let's go.